Hey, Daniel here from Markers on the Map, and this week, join us as we return to the classic Resident Evil 5, and then catch up with the misadventures of Ethan Winters in Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 8. It's a nightmare gaming adventure, so we got some Fall Guys Season 4.5 to lighten the mood. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Like we've been here before, uh-huh. after after a few tries. <laughs> but if you heard our first attempt at this, you might have heard me talking about how all the uh, anime series have parodies of McDonald's, like Devil's a Part Timer has with Gronalds. Remember we talked about that when we first tried recording this episode? All right. Yes, we're gonna talk about <laughs> the time that we were recording this, and then my computer messed up. Good thing. It was early on, and we just decided to reset. But yes, uh, I do remember us talking about this. Yeah. So I said, since we have a main mission meal that we've been talking about on this podcast frequently, every every four or five weeks maybe, or longer, um, I said we should have our own parody McDonald's, and we should call it McDonald's. I don't know if it's catchy enough, but I think it's pretty catchy. And then I proceeded to give the idea saying, all this... Just because we're making a big joke on the Travis Scott burger. Yeah, I I remember it was either episode two, and then we got the idea for the main mission on three. I don't know, it was a long time ago. <laughs> but if you're keeping up with all these canon markers on the map, like, lore items, then those, like, artist meals at McDonald's was the idea for the main mission. So, then we proceeded to talk about our chips that we brought up last week and how coming up with chip flavors is very difficult. It but is. we're going to go with some classics here. So I was talking to Robert last night and I said we should have a new game nacho. New game nacho. And then what was the other one? Respawn Ranch, I think. Respawn Ranch. <laughs> now, hear me out. You know, th- those are cool and all. Yeah, yeah. But Basic flavors. They Where are the spicy ones at? Okay, okay. Everyone knows that the best flavors are the spicy ones. And to be honest, spicy new game nacho plus doesn't have a great ring to it. And it seems to me like the chip flavors are the hardest to come up with. Like the energy drink flavors, we got it. We got it. The fast food items wrote themselves. But the chip flavors are proving to be quite difficult. That's a challenge. We might have to come back and bring some new flavors. Yeah. Of the chips. Maybe a couple. Were- I mean... It's not a lot of chip flavors anyways, compared to, yeah. like, sodas. Yeah, honestly, I'm bored with chips because of the lack of brand new flavors. It's like Lay's comes out with these weird flavors out every now and then, but then they take them away, and you're left with the normal, like, flaming Hot, and then regular, and, like, Lime, or Barbecue. It's like, come on, bring back the chicken and waffles I know you like. Uh, oh, bring back There was the... a macaroni and cheese one, right? No, it was a cheddar garlic bread. Cheddar garlic bread. Really that was good. great. They um, had a crispy taco one recently that was really good. Really did taste like a crispy taco. I really, really want Hot Cheetos Habanero to come back. Mm, I've never been oh, a Hot Cheetos person, but I do like the Flamin' Hot Doritos. <laughs> the Habanero was my favorite Hot Cheeto bag, and I had it twice. And I literally said... This is my new favorite chip. This will be my go-to, and then we're gone. I am happy to say that my current favorite chips have not disappeared off the shelves, and that is the Pringles Scorching Cheddar uh, <sighs> chips. You know what chips they kept? Hot Cheeto Chipotle Ranch flavor. They did keep those. I see those frequently. Those are, those are pretty gross. Oh, you don't like them? I do not, not like I've them. Not I had them, them and they were, I did not like them. Is it the ranch that you don't like or just the it's combination of every, flavors? It's just everything. Yeah, it's like the combination of flavors and the ranch. I'm just like, this is not good. 
That's why we, here at Markers on the Map, need to come up with new and interesting chip flavors that will be even ladies at their own special chip flavor game. But we need time. We do need time. That The we chip need ones need time. The chips are a, are a hard challenge. Anyway, you are listening to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. It is a podcast gaming adventure. I am your host, Daniel, and I'm here with my awesome co-host and good friend, Robert. How have you been this week? Oh boy, it's 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 been a it's been a week. <laughs> um, I I'm right there with you. <laughs> to to uh, my deepest apologies to any listener, but uh, I've had had teeth pulled out, so I might not be at a hundred percent, but I'll try my best to to do this episode. But I I think I'm capable of finishing this episode off with almost the same type of energy. But I do apologize if I do sound weird or if i'm not putting enough energy you know still kind of recovering but i'm doing my best and i know you've been really busy too yeah i i've i've had quite the busy week myself um so the funny thing about today is that the the games you're going to talk about you you've played you know before we kind of started doing the fall guy special a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. i've been playing a little village i want to get into that but i don't want us to have a spoiler discussion about that until you've played it so we're gonna touch on that in a non-spoilery way um Uh other than that yeah we've we've both (laughs) we've both had quite a week um it's our first day recording on our normal schedule in in a couple weeks too so let's get into some news oh but before we get into news all right hear me out hear me out Right. McDonald's breakfast menu. I'm just gonna leave you with that thought. Okay. All right. McDonald's right. breakfast menu, but it's only from four o'clock to seven. Yeah, yeah. Four o'clock to seven until we decide to extend the hours for a promotional campaign. Okay. And, and breakfast then, menu items are coming soon. It's only from four to seven. Don't don't come at no seven o one because you're gonna nah, get cha- a cheese. You're gonna get a cheeseburger. the menus at seven o one. You're gonna get a main mission with cheese if you come at seven o one asking for the breakfast menu. <laughs> anyway. Let's get into news real quick here. Fall Guys Season 4.5. We're going to talk about this a little <laughs> in games, but oh. Fall Guys did drop its big Season 4.5 update that we were, we've were we been talking about for a couple weeks now. It brought with it, I believe, 55 new stage variations across 12 stages. Two brand new stages, Slime Scraper and Button Bashers. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> and we'll get into that later. And some new costumes and collaborations. Look... We talk about Fall Guys a lot on here. I, it's safe to say it's one of our favorite games. So let's bench this until we get to games. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's just let's just wait off on it. But I, I'll say it right now. I warned you on the Fall Guys special. Give it a week. <laughs> Give it a week and there will be problems. I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's get into some news here. There are some new DualSense colors coming out, finally announced. They are, I think, what was it, like Cosmic Crimson and Midnight Black or something like that? Yeah. They look really cool. I'm a big fan of the red one. They've not done this, like, burgundy muted red in a while, or ever, I think, for PlayStation controllers. They've always done, like, the bright red. Yeah, I think this one, the only color I can say that's close to this one, any type of PlayStation-related item, is when... Mega Solid Five came out, and then the oh, Europeans yeah, that's got right, like that's that right. limited edition console. It had that same like type of uh, color palette, black with the like that. I don't know what is it, like what type of red color is it, like maroon or like yeah, like a burgundy. Yeah, it's like a burgundy. So that's the I, I've seen people compare it to that. So yeah, that's the only time that color's ever been used, but it's never been used on a controller. Yeah, it, it really feels like a premium color too. It I looked at it and I'm like, I kind of want this. Especially since my right stick is giving me woes, and it tends to go on and off with that. It's got times where it does and times where it doesn't. So I'm like, if I'm going to get a replacement controller or a second controller, this red one seems to be the more interesting choice versus, say, the black one, which has been the standard for a long time now. I mean, though, like, people wanted the black one, like, from the start. They, the white one was first announced, and they're like, is, will there be a black version of it? Yeah. Just all black, one solid color, because... Some people don't like that it's white because they say that obviously it gets dirty faster yeah, and quicker. Yeah, there's definitely then... some sweat like stains that show up on it, like that gathered. Yeah. I know this is gross, but that like collective sweat that forms into like a solid thing that you have to like rub off. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, 
ho- hopefully they come out with more unique colors like that. I don't want it to be like the Dual Shock Four where it's the same colors just on the Dual Sense. I hopefully they add yeah. different. Co- Maybe they add like a. Do they have like a a ne- they had neon green right? For- I really want a neon green Dual Sense. They didn't have a neon green Dual Shock. They had like a forest green one. Uh huh. For a while with like gold buttons or something like that. I want them to do a PS One Dual Sense. Kind of like they did for the PS4, because that was, like, my favorite controller ever. The the PS1 edition DualShock 4. Very classic. You know, I've had this crazy idea. I don't know if it'll ever happen. I doubt it'll ever happen. But you want to hear this crazy idea? I do want to hear this crazy idea. What if you feel the PS3 controller now, and you it feels like a toy? Yeah, it's very light. Yeah. What if you take that and make it into a DualSense controller? It has, like, all the same components and everything but in the shape of a of a of a dual shock three huh because i know there's some people that love i mean i really do love like the original controller too i really do i love it honestly i never minded using l1 r1 for first person shooters like i know a lot of people did because the ps3 triggers weren't great and i mean i bought trigger like those little trigger attachments you put on for like racing games and everything mm-hmm. i dual shock three was a comfortable controller I, I think since the Xbox did the Duke, I think Sony should do a PS2 or a DualShock, like DualShock 2 or DualShock 3 as like the DualSense limited edition, like a one year anniversary limited edition like set. They'd have I to make sure it had like a touchpad and like tr- adaptive triggers though. Somehow they'll make it work, but the, yeah. I mean, there's Sony, they'll, they'll, they'll make it work somehow. Look, Nintendo does NES controllers that charge on a Switch. So, so. yeah, it'll ha- I mean, it, it's... The idea I don't think is there for them because I don't think I don't see it possible, but it would be kind of cool to see one. Yeah. So we got new dual sense colors. And a lot of quick news this week. First is interesting. Resident Evil Village shipped three million copies as of May tenth. That's a pretty good start. <laughs> uh three million for the it's only been uh, it came out May it came what? out on the 7th, so in the three seventh? days, I guess, it shipped 3 million units. That's pretty big numbers. That's a big number. That's a lot of units sold. Yeah. Um, so that's a quick little thing. I thought that was interesting to, to see Capcom on such a roll. Um, as we've talked about before, Capcom has been on the roll of a lifetime with no signs of slowing down, especially if you know that, yeah, they're going to do a Resident Evil 4 VR edition. They said they were going to do Resident Evil 4 Remake in the style of 2 and 3, probably. And if you followed me, you would know that I was talking about how cool that'll be. Um, Especially as somebody who doesn't have, like, an emotional attachment to Resident Evil 4. I would say Capcom needs to do Dead Rising Rehydrated. Yeah, Dead Rising Rehydrated. (laughs) Dead Rising Rehydrated. You know, same type of gameplay style. Everything's the same, but it's just obviously make it look pretty. Because that game is fun. Make it move a little faster, which was always my problem with that series. Oh, because you, you get faster when you level up. You get you gain speed yeah, yeah. based on your level. Yeah. Hey, here's something I forgot to tell you. I was trying to remember who got cast in the Borderlands movie, which they officially revealed the logo of, and it sure is a Borderlands logo. Pendulette will have a small role in the Borderlands movie. Pendulette, famous uh, magician and desert bus... Uh, person. <laughs> oh, now I'm confused why Penn would be in, in the first one. Or in this, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with this movie. I don't know what timeline or storyline or whatever they're trying. At this point, it's its own thing. I don't think yeah, they're trying to it's follow gonna be any its own type thing. of story. So it, it continues to be like a weird anomaly that we just, I just want to see some footage from this. I just want to see it. I want to see it in action. I want to see if I, if it'll get the... Markers on the map, seal of approval for being a good Borderlands adaptation because we like Borderlands so much. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Or will Trailers. it fall prey to none other than the Borderlands curse? Trailers can be deceiving, dude. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yep. Remedy, creators of Control, Alan Wake. They say they have six games in development. And that leads mm. me into this big old story right here that apparently Jim Ryan said that Sony has 25 games in development. Half of them are new franchises, which makes me think, back it up for a second, what is the other half? Like, are we going to get a new Killzone here? Are we going to get a Ghost of Tsushima sequel? Or maybe, just maybe, hear me out, an, a new Infamous game? <laughs> I don't doubt a Ghost of Tsushima 2. Oh, of course. 
that's gonna that's a no-brainer um i think with how successful the first one was they'll have a much bigger budget with this yeah. one so they could do way more but half original well here's the thing it's in development but they're not keep in mind their development but they're not going to be finished some of these games yeah. could just be straight up canceled without any type of like news it could just be you know because like i said they're not saying which ones they are they're just saying they yeah. are making some or they're in development thrown out. and at the same time some of these games are going to get revealed next month for sure at e3 for e3 yeah. or, or um, e3 times i don't know if sony said they were going or not but they'll be revealed soon i'm sure they'll be revealed soon i guess development could mean it could mean a couple things it can mean literally they just thought of the idea like hey this game okay or it could be they're actually programming the code right now but we just have to wait and see at this point yeah it's just interesting that it's that many and half new franchises there I, I feel like maybe ps5 is where we'll see them start to change their you know triple a franchises over um i don't think we saw that as much with the playstation 4 um as we did with like the ps3 going from insomniac like ratchet and clank to resistance fall of man because on ps4 they kind of went back to ratchet and clank sucker punch had an infamous game and didn't really transition to ghost of tsushima until the end of the gen yeah, these Naughty Dog went went really hard with Last of Us, but they still had an Uncharted game. So it's like things stuck over from the PS3. Maybe PS5 is where we'll start to see a, another dramatic shift in that. Next up, Mario Golf got an announcement this week that showed all of its playable characters. So I, I, let's go through these. Mario and Luigi, I feel like they're, you know, the obvious choices maybe in, in oh, a yeah. Mario Golf game. Wario and Waluigi... Peach and Daisy, Yoshi and Bowser, Bowser Jr. and King Boo. Okay, sounds pretty standard for a Mario Golf game at this point. Donkey Kong. We uh-huh. like Donkey Kong here on this podcast. Uh, Rosalina, Toad. Now we get interesting. Pauline. Mm-hmm. She was in tennis, now she's in golf. She feels like she's becoming more of a mainstay in the Mario universe, and I'm totally fine with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, Charge and Chuck, the football dude from Super Mario World, will be a playable character in Mario Golf. Guess he gave up football to become a pro golfer. Maybe this I was mean, the true dream. Even in Super Mario World, he threw a baseball. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> he doesn't know what sport to play. He's still trying to figure it out. You can also play as a me, but I don't think the me creator is going to be as robust as Metopia. So if you can't like really Miitopia, play as everybody. <laughs> beyond that, but probably not. Here's the interesting one. King Babam from Mario 64. Interesting. I think he's like the the surprise like character. I'm wondering if there's going to be any unlockables. I'm probably being hopeful with that, but King Babam seems like a really interesting choice for something like this in this Mario Golf spin-off. So, I guess I'm happy with the roster. I'd be even happier if they added a bunch of, like, free DLC characters like they did with, with Tennis because the Tennis one ended up with, like, what, 26 characters or something like that? I didn't know that. I really enjoyed it when they put, like, their free game game. Demos oh, yeah, it's out. a great game, especially when you're not it's playing with... Like, when you're playing with your friends, it's amazing. When you're playing online competitive, eh, but you know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, competitive, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, that's cool. That's going to come out soon. I'm, I'm excited for that. Now... Rumor has it, and we don't generally, like, do news on rumors here except the Nintendo Switch rumor, but enough big sites have reported this, that Starfield, that big sci-fi Bethesda RPG, will, in fact, be exclusive to Xbox and PC. I can't say I am surprised. I am just... It's just weird to hear it kind of, like, quote-unquote... It's not confirmed, but, like, so many big sites have been reporting on it. It just seems like it will be, so... I'm not super surprised about that. No, I'm not surprised about it either. Uh, I was kind of expecting it to be that way. Yeah, with how much money Bethesda or Microsoft paid to to have Bethesda. Um, but still keep in mind that Deathloop and Ghostwire, I guess, are going to be PlayStation exclusive. I don't know if it's timed or not, but definitely they are launching on the PlayStation 5 and not on the Xbox as far as I can tell, so... We will probably hear about Starfield next month at E3. I'm very interested in seeing how this game looks and works. 
because you don't see many like big sprawling sci-fi rpgs like that i know mass effect is a deal but usually your sci-fi things end up being what like a fps maybe like a destiny or a halo yeah most of the time uh what other type of rpg yeah like what type of because obviously there's space games but what rpg game besides destiny like an rpg sci-fi game maybe like prey is that, an RPG that they game? came out with, yeah. Praise, praise, like an FPS RPG, kind of in the vein of Cyberpunk. Okay. Um, stuff like that. So I'm wondering if this will be like Skyrim, but space. Kind of what it sounds like to me. It'll be Skyrim, but in space. You know, it's a good sci-fi game. There's a, uh, there's a couple good Dead Space. Well, sure, sure, Dead Space. I was gonna say Returnal. <laughs> Return? Oh yeah, Returnal. But Dead Space that is, is a good. Sur- a- Dead Space is not just a good sci-fi game, but I guess it's a good survival horror game too. So, anyway, the last few bits of news we got here are quick. There's a new Zelda and Loftwing amiibo coming out for Skyward Sword. It's allowing fast travel, which makes me think: Are they locking? fast travel to an amiibo and i'm not sure if i like that but i do really want the amiibo because of how it looks but i don't know how i feel about fast travel potentially being locked to an amiibo yeah uh don't know how i feel about that either it's kind of weird yeah uh so like i think it's i think it's being questioned right now like is this a feature that's locked to the amiibo or is the amiibo only going to give early access to the feature because i don't know I, i don't i just don't know how i feel about that paying $25 for a figure that will give you fast travel. So uh, here's hoping that it's just early access. Like one of those, like, you know, those games where like Battlefront 1 did this, like pay $10 and you get Han Solo's Blaster, which was OP at the start, you know, 10 levels earlier or something. Mm. It is a nice amiibo though. It is is a very nice amiibo, but it's $25. What the heck? That's that's a pretty expensive amiibo. (laughs) Yeah. Alright, we got some new Nintendo Switch online games coming out. The games that are coming out are not Earthbound, unfortunately. And also <laughs> aren't Super Mario RPG, unfortunately. <laughs> we unfortunately. are getting Yeah. We're getting Joe and Mac. That's a game I feel like you always like see and know about but have never played, so they're getting that. Um Spanky's Quest is like a game where you play as a monkey as far as I can tell. Huh, interest sounds familiar. Yeah. Oh, I I know a Super Nintendo game where you play as a monkey. I actually know, I know. 3. There's 3 of them. <laughs> um Super Baseball Simulator 1.000. Uh that's the game that uh Jotaro Kujo <laughs> played with uh Darby at the end of part 3 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> and another one of those really cool puzzle games, kind of like Paneled Upon. This one's called Magical Drop 2. It is a, you know, an anime-looking puzzle game. And then we're going to get a NES game. I believe it is Ninja Ja Jamaru-kun. Yeah. It looks... I've never heard of it. It looks weird. I still want to play that NES game. I forgot what it's called. We've talked about it on here. I'll, I'll bring it up next week. <laughs> <laughs> there's one on there like it's like a there's one on there that's almost like a point and click game i just forgot the name of it so i mean i'm glad they're adding stuff but there's a few things they're missing earthbound for yeah. one there's a lot of things that they're missing i mean i mean look they got the three most important things i mean let's talk about not putting prince of persia in there bro yeah they don't have prince of persia that's a classic i'd say that's pretty high up on the list of important things but they do they do kudos to them for getting the most important three games on there <laughs> period anyhow dude i'm looking at baseball simulator 1000 right yeah i have that game oh my god in real life i have that game because <laughs> you mentioned i was like why does that sound so familiar the I'm looking legend at it. i have i have that i had it since i was a boy you know what i gotta say to that yes 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 yes, yes, yes. it's a jojo <laughs> No, they, in part three, one of the stand users plays video games, and Jotaro has to play a baseball game against him. I was a, no, I know that part. I was about to say, is it really that game? Because that's so no, funny I, no, I it's not say. really that game. It just <laughs> it looks like that it could game, be that be game. Funny. <laughs> they have the baseball players, and they're all star platinum. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, what a coincidence! So, when was Grand Theft Auto Five coming out? I can't quite uh. remember. 
it's always supposed to come out during November. They said it when PS5 launched uh, yeah. the trailer. They're saying November of next year. But, you know, leading up to that point that every month, if you log into GTA 5, you get $1 million in your bank account and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the more and more the I mean, talk about PS3, Xbox 360, Xbox One, PS4, PC, now PS5 and Series X. That's a lot of things that that game is on. Why is it not oh, on the Nintendo Switch? It, I was at this point, it might be, if it can run on PS3, it can run on the Switch. Yeah. What are you waiting I, for, Rockstar? Doom. And, and what are you waiting PS4. for, Sega? Is all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Doom can run on the Switch. So Doom there's can no run question on the Switch. GTA, I mean, Witcher 3 can run on the Switch. Dude, Panic Button are masters of the craft. They got Doom and Doom Eternal to run on the Switch. What the GTA heck? 5 can be on the Switch at this Just point. Just give it to Panic Button. I think they're up for the task. Panic Button's a great, you know, porting dev for for the Switch. They're amazing. Good stuff. I, I just hope that GTA 6 is not like 5. Well, 5 was very ambitious and it did have a lot of positives, but there's some things I'm just like, I don't know. When I look back at it, I can replay San Andreas. For countless hours i cannot replay gta 5 for more than a couple minutes and then i'm yeah. just i'm bored i i got sick of the joke being dragged out very early on when i played the um story for gta 5 which i did not finish i did not get far for the reasons above <laughs> yeah like every like the story and all that is pretty good but after you like post game and all that it's just like there's nothing to do and it's yeah. it, bore, it bores me i mean but I, at least we get gta online for free for ps5 users when it comes out that is true, that is true. But you know what's probably not going to be free is Overwatch 2. <laughs> oh, man. Which apparently is getting some gameplay, finally. I don't think we've seen much from it. Um, I, I gave up on Overwatch 1 when Competitive came out, and judging by how it sounds to me, I don't really want to go back to Overwatch. But listen, hear me out. In Overwatch 2, you can level up your Tracer. That's cool, but can't you It's know- a game changer. Leveling up your Tracer is cool, but, I mean, there's, like, other characters you can level up. Is Tracer the main focus of leveling up? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the one that they showed when they said you could level up your characters. There was a screenshot, and it was, like, Tracer. And I was like, you can level up your Tracer. But does she know why kids love Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Overwatch 2 has to be a completely different type of game. I hear there's more of a focus on co-op. And not like like co-op player, modes player. or co-op levels, like a PVE mode. That I'm interested in. The PvP of Overwatch, I could really care less at this point because it's very, you know, I don't like it. After competitive dropped, I got so sick of it. When did Overwatch come out? 2016? Like, 2016. Alright, think about it like this. Overwatch is just another hero shooter, which is not a problem. The problem is that there's so many of them. I will give it this. I will give it that I think it's the best hero shooter. Now, is that saying much? I'm not sure. But it is, like, the best hero shooter. It's the most successful hero shooter. I don't know if it's the best. Well, what else do we have? Like, Valorant? Rogue There's Company? Siege. Siege is another one. Yeah, well, Siege is a AAA. Well, Overwatch is also a AAA. Yeah. Well, Siege is a tactical, you know, tactical. Like I said, is Overwatch is not for everybody, but that doesn't mean it's. I guess it just because Overwatch is not for you doesn't mean it's not successful. It's a successful. Oh, it's absolutely successful. But I, my whole point of going from this is just that we're, and I've said this, and I don't know if this is controversial, but I think multiplayer games are all time low. Yeah, this is something that has reared its head in in our discussions for a couple of. For quite a while now, like yeah, multiplayer it, is is at a very low point. Yeah, and it's all we have. Yeah, battle royales, player versus you know heroes versus heroes, hero shooters, buy our tier system, unlock rewards. It's it's all Give that. Me some and good it's just, PVE. It's yeah, it's multiplayer is just at a very low point for me at this moment. Yeah, it's like Crucible, eh, but strikes. Give me some strikes. If I'm gonna play yeah. Destiny, I'm running strikes. I don't want to be cruisable. <laughs> if Overwatch 2 really does make the players PvE way more fun than the PvP, then I, I'm really looking forward to that. Where yeah, I can I'll play with my friends and actually yeah. have a 
very make it more i guess make it more like left for dead where it was all your friends is with a common goal and you weren't going against players you're going against robots and obviously you can set the difficulty for them yeah it's an interesting thing that i think they'll reveal more details about as the gameplay comes out but overwatch 2 always remember you can level up your tracer in that game couple of little tiny things uh you let me into the fact that they're going to make an injustice animated movie that's pretty cool yeah. i always thought injustice would work well as an animated movie it's got a lot of characters and you know how hard it is to do a full-on live action movie with a lot of characters so animated seems like it's right up its alley D- dc's always had the animation on point honestly yeah. you, you compare dc to marvel animation dc was always better in my mm-hmm. opinion You've had the Batman, you've had uh, the, was it, uh, the Killing Joke, you've had uh, the Justice League, Teen Titans, multiple, t- like, uh, Dark Knight Returns was a great two-part movie yeah, like, they did. DC always did really good animation. Uh, Marvel's not too bad. Obviously, there's, like, the original X-Men is great, the original uh, Spider-Man the animated series is really good, but they would always start an animation, and then they would never finish it. Well... DC would recognize that maybe we could just not do a whole series, but just do movies here and there. But yeah, them doing Injustice is very interesting because if they can get, like, I said, if they can get their movies as good as their animation, DC would be a really f- like fun universe because Joker was really good, and then I'm really interested in the Batman and oh and yeah, the Robert Pattinson and also uh, the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad, yeah, the trailer for that was amazing. So, I'm always on board with DC, and even if it's hit or miss, I do enjoy the characters of DC a lot. They are some classics, some absolute classics. The comic books I buy are DC comics. Come so, on, King Marvel Shark? comics seem a little impenetrable to me. Like it's too hard to get into a Marvel comic because of universe resets and plot complications and all that. Whereas DC, they 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 have a nice. You know, they're, they're not doing team-ups every every couple of weeks or whatever, so I like DC. So, anyway, Super Bomberman R Online is coming to the PlayStation. That's that 64-player Bomberman Royale thing. I can't remember if it's free or not, but I thought that was interesting, especially after we had a rumor about a Bomberman game coming to the Switch, which was a different game, of course, with first-person shooting, you know. <laughs> oh, hey, did you hear about Last of Us 2? Yes, I did hear about Last of Us 2. It's getting a 60 frames patch. Hmm. Um, all I have to say is wrong game. You bought a game this week, didn't you? I did. I finally bought Death Stranding. That's a good game. <laughs> I bought I bought it because it was only 20 bucks, and I was like, that's a steal. Yeah, go back and listen to Top 5 PS4 Games episode. We, we brought up Death Stranding for sure. <laughs> but... <laughs> When I when I saw that last, like I said, not to really put down Last of Us Part Two, like I honestly do think that it is probably a good story, but the thing that just turns me away from it is the gameplay. I never yeah. liked the gameplay, but I'm playing. I'm telling you, dude. Once I beat Death Stranding, it's not only is it gonna get a 60 frames patch, but it's gonna be a PlayStation Plus game. I'm I guarantee it. I'm like biting my nails. It's like I would not start it until. <laughs> Next Wednesday after the PlayStation Plus games get announced because of what if right? It's I'm, I'm you've telling been you, using right your magics right now, to will this into being for a couple of weeks now. Like Death Stranding come to PS Plus, I'm begging you. It's gonna happen. I can, I can call it. <laughs> what I really want is a 60 frames patch. Come on, Remnant got one. Last of Us got one. A lot of a Destroy lot of All Humans got frame. one. Death a Stranding needs. You could play Death Stranding at 60 frames on the PC, but I don't use a gaming PC. I'm PlayStation 5. 60 frames. Daryl a lot, game. A lot, a lot of games need 60 frames, but... This one in particular. The more and more time passes by and there's no update on it, the more and more it's less likely to happen. But hopefully, by the end of this year, a lot of the games that we wish have 60 frames come out with 60 frame patches. Yeah. If Xbox can do frame rate boost on, like, massive quantities of old games at once, then what's stopping them from doing Death Stranding? Sony? Death Stranding. Come on. Throw us a bone. And last thing I wanted to touch on was Sonic the Hedgehog is getting a new encyclopedia book called the Encyclopedia. 
And all I gotta say about this is I saw Sonic and Knuckles on, like, the hardcover, like, insert for it. And, uh, Sega, you need to please re-release Sonic 3 and Knuckles with the original Ice Cap Zone music because the original Ice Cap Zone music is a very cool song. I like it. Agreed? Agreed. And on that note, I have a Nintendo Direct rumor. Ooh. And it's sponsored by Markers on the Map Presents Trial by Energy Drink. This week's flavor is Level Up Lemon. And I was looking at this, I was reading this rumor, I was like, what an apropos rumor to come in when I'm on a Transformers G1 kick. It's called Transformers Seeker War. The next evolution of aerial combat is headed to the Nintendo Switch. Lord Megatron is a fool. I'll show them all. Thundercracker, Skywarp, with me. Megatron is dead. Long live Starscream. You know this story. Megatron falls and becomes Galvatron. But in this new Transformers universe, Starscream still has a chance. Starscream, you imbecile. Scourge, sweeps, attack. No survivors. Customize your own Seeker. In the first Transformers game featuring a war between the Decepticons with no Autobots in sight. It has been three years since Megatron's defeat at the hands of the Autobots, and Starscream has established a base on a mysterious new planet. But in those three years, Galvatron's been raising his own army back on the scattered remnants of Cybertron, along with the mysterious Scourge and his minions, the Sweeps. Take control of your own flying Transformers bot across two intense high-octane campaigns, Defend Starscream and the Seekers with a fully customizable minion and an onslaught of brand new weapons to the Transformers universe. Attack Galvatron's forces and protect your king. Or create the first ever distinguishable sweep as you head into battle against Starscream's overconfident army. Issue commands to your brethren as Galvatron and Scourge watch the battles unfold and eventually join in for massive boss fights against Starscream's elites. And it wouldn't be aerial combat without a robust online suite, full of customization items, game modes, and more as you race through both ranks and Decepticon factions to earn new rewards depending on whose side you take. The dramatic story of multiplayer is just intense as the two single-player campaigns, and there's plenty of hidden secrets to find like replica Transformers toys, comic books, and classic episodes. Be on the lookout for DLC updates including new customization items, maps, locations, characters, and more. Pre-orders come with a 5-day early access and a special Unicron decal for both the Seekers and the Sweeps. Fly forth into battle as villains! When Transformers Seeker War rolls out onto the Nintendo Switch. Listen, I loved me some Transformers. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. I'm we 100% in for this game. Bruh, I'm 100% in for this game. All I gotta say is, get him off me! Get him off me! Get him off me! From the classic <laughs> Transformers episode where they go into oh. to the big world. I gotta find what episode that is, but if you don't know what that's referencing to, there's an episode of trans the original Transformer animation where they go to a, a whole planet where they're tiny, and the Decepticons start getting eaten by alligators, <laughs> and then they're just screaming, "Get them off me! Get them off me!" The thing I gotta say about this though is that we have a really nice flight simulator multiplayer game. It's called Star Wars Squadrons. We've talked about it yeah. plenty back when it came out here. But this is going to be, as far as I can tell, like the flying and fall of Cybertron War for Cybertron, where it's a third person transform on the fly, but it's all aerial combat. It's the Seekers, which is the ones that look like Starscream, and the Sweeps, which is the ones that look like Scourge. If you've seen the Transformers movie or seasons three and four of G1, Scourge is the leader of the Sweeps. He's Galvatron's like main minion. I gotta say, uh, an aerial combat game does not come around very often. We have Ace Combat, we have Squadrons. What other flight sim multiplayer games do we have? Not one I can think of off the top of my head. And, I mean, you have Flight Simulator, but that's not a multiplayer shooter game. So, yeah. Anything that takes place in the Transformers universe, especially with that G1 aesthetic, is really good. I really, really want this rumor to come true. I'm at the verge of tears with this one. 
uh, the I don't know the original Transformers or so is I mean anything involved with that is a good time to me. Yeah, they've been doing more for Cybertron trilogy on Netflix. We've also talked about that, and it's got that aesthetic that I really like. It's like Transformers seems like it's a grittier thing than you know the old cartoon, but those G one designs, original Soundwave, Megatron or Galvatron that turns into like a turret, and you know, Starscream being the only one that of the main three that actually turns into a vehicle and stuff like that. I I've been on such a kick with G one lately that oh, oh I just want this to happen. <laughs> Nintendo, High Moon Studios, Sega. Sega, please make this happen. <laughs> after Always after you release you. after you release a certain uh game. Anyway, let's talk about some games. You finally played some Resident Evil 5. I'm interested in hearing your yes. thoughts on that. But first, we need to talk a, a little bit about Fall Guys. <laughs> okay, Fall Guys first. All right. Uh, real quick. Slime Scraper. An interesting yeah. but very difficult level. I think it's probably the hardest race in the game, maybe even the hardest non-team game in the game. It's got a gauntlet of new obstacles, swinging light swings, gravity, fans... And all all manner of disappearing floors. It is very tough. Um, I feel like the only reason why it's even difficult is because the slime, in my opinion, I feel like it goes much faster than unusual. I was thinking levels. about that, and I was like, is it moving faster, or are the rows you have to go up longer? As and I just thought about that right now. Mo- most likely, it's just because the rows are longer, but. If they were to make it a bit easier, I don't think change the course, just change the speed of the slime and make it a bit slower. I think that the biggest problem you face in Slime Scraper is the beginning. Because the floors are disappearing and everybody is trying to get through them. I think that's where most people end up getting knocked off. Um, If you can make it past the... The hardest part, which I believe is the light swings after you come out of the zero gravity part with the fans and the tube that you have to, like, jump through. That's the hardest part after that with the light swings. You have one and then you have two sets of two. Once you're past that, it's smooth sailing. And you're not going to have much competition this early into the game being added in. Overall, I would Mm. say... I mean, do we want to put it on a tier list already? Or do we want to wait until, like, season six to do another tier list? <laughs> like I say, you're calling it being a smooth sailing. I don't think it is. I think th- through and through, this whole obstacle is difficult with the, the beginning part with the floors disappearing, the the moving floors, the the tube that you have to pass through with, like, openings and you have to jump. Even to the very end where you have to jump moving. Pl- like, you you have to basically jump over gaps between the floor but yeah. the, obviously the floor is moving you forward and if you don't time it right and then the the laser hits you off you it's a whole long way it's a long way back up basically so you're not going to recover course. from that yeah it's very you can all recover it if you already recover it from it once you're not going to recover twice yeah it's a one and done recover it, it is a level that is more devious than slime climb and it's a ability to get rid of 30 something players at once and bring you straight into a final <laughs> i've seen it go from yeah like 37 to 6 mm-hmm. if i honestly but if i were to rate it i i would rate it pretty high i like it i enjoy it i would i do it like it. it it's fun when you're past the crowd i'll i'll solidify it here as an a rank on a tier list and ask me again at the end of the season and we'll see if it raised or lowered. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I, I, I say yes. Okay. I really enjoy it. I like it. Hey, you know what I don't enjoy? Oh, I, I know what you don't enjoy. I don't enjoy button bashers. No one should Ooh. enjoy button bashers. Remember on the special I said I think we're going to get a final? We didn't get a final. We got some changes to the finals, like zero <sighs> gravity. But button bashers? Oh, no. This is this is not good. This is, I think, a miss. <laughs> Talk talk about doing a survey, and where they ask, "What type of games do you want?" And I put, I'm more into just the player versus environment, not really the PvP of anything. I said too much P- battle royales, play hero shoot. I'm mean, like, it's too much. I'm I don't want to go against another player. I'd rather just be a fun party going against, like I said, like a 
slime climb or even mm-hmm. just like any type of runway just run through it get past it you know whoever gets here gets here first even wall guys it's like yeah it's kind of play versus play but not really you're going really against climbing up certain paths and getting across to the map it's still one of those in the middle but it's much better than button basher yeah button bashers basically puts you in a 1v1 situation where you have to hit lights that are randomly appearing as the you know the buttons and you have to jump on them it can get very one-sided very quick due to the random nature of the buttons and once you're like three or four behind your hopes of catching up are pretty slim um not impossible but it's gonna get there and um oh i can't i can't believe i'm saying it this would have been better as a team game I don't think this game would be better in general. I think it just doesn't deserve. Sure, sure. Taking it off would be best, but putting it as a team game would at least give people, I think, a chance and maybe have more than one button light up at a time. But this putting you in one situation where you're against just one other person vying for these randomly appearing lights that could show up like three on someone's side and I, I just uh... it's happened to me twice once with the person in front of me like i lost that round and then it happened to me i'm just like this guy had no chance i got all three all three of these were literally or they didn't literally they spawned right in front of me i'm like they're right here in front of me they just spawned all three of them in a row all i'm saying is you better play wing dragon of raw because i'm banning it to the shadow realm that this game is beyond shadow realm it's in the no recovery zone this is get it out of here don't want to ever see it which which level was no recovery zone in sonic 3 and knuckles (laughs) i don't know (laughs) oh boy some of the new changes to the other stages are very difficult too and we'll talk about those as we go through the weeks because fall guys season 4.5 is an evolving thing um yeah Tron costumes are coming. Oh my god. <laughs> Sark will be available for 22,000 uh, kudos. And Tron himself, Quora, and Rinsler from Tron Legacy will be a DLC pack. I'm very excited for this. The costumes continue to be amazing. Uh, Fall Guys, gotta love it. Except for button pressures. <laughs> Alright. Oh boy. Tell me about Resident Evil 5. Alright. So, I'm going to keep this short and sweet because we've already talked about the Resident Evil franchise and the yeah, Halloween yeah. special. Um, five was the first one I played that was solely an action game. Oh, absolutely. Because four kind of had some scary moments, but it still had some action moments. But five, they just went all out. This is going to be an action game. Um, I've had a different experience than what most people might have because most people use usually play with the AI and I know that the AI is kind of wonky. It's not the best. It's obviously the game was made in like what two thousand and seven, something like that, right? It's a very. This is an old game. This game came out a while back. It was a PS3 game. Mm-hmm. Um, I played with a friend. I played with a, another, another person. So obviously another competent person. They had a brain. They didn't know what to do, and they you know they were both figuring it out. But I would say really play this game with co-op because. I just don't think the AI probably aged that well. Um, yeah. And I really had a really good time playing with a friend, like co-oping this game. And that's what it's there for. I don't think this game is actually terrible at all. No, no, no. I think most people, when they hear 5 and 6, are like, oh, yeah, those are the, the dumb ones because those are all action, no, no scare. But I think 5 is actually really fun. For me, I think 5 was better than 4. And only loses out to six in the mercenaries department because i can't stand the campaign at six but five was always a good time there's a few there's a few situations in 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 the gameplay department on certain levels that i am not really into but as a whole package i enjoyed five way better than four controversial take here on markers on the map yeah i i didn't really have any problem playing five there wasn't like there wasn't any difficult moments like there were, but there weren't to the point where I'm just like, I'm never playing this game again. It was just like, oh, we'll just, we'll call it a night here and pick it up tomorrow. And then yeah. we pick it up tomorrow, beat it, go to the next location and just continue the game. Uh, beat it pretty quick. It took three days probably mm-hmm. because obviously you didn't want to play it the whole way, like one whole night through. We obviously played at certain hours and just like, yeah, we could just call it a night here, pick it up tomorrow. But uh, I like the characters. Uh, the costumes are pretty cool that they come with that you can unlock through it. Wait till you get to Mercenaries and <laughs> check out the costumes on there. Yeah, I really have to try Mercenaries. Uh, hopefully, Merc- 
Mercenaries doesn't require online, does it? Does it no, need no, no. any online requirement? But I believe you can do online co-op. I I think you could do online co-op. Makes me wish I installed my copy of RE5. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. I just I really like the locations. I like the the swamp area where you have to go against the gators. Yeah, that like was those part memorable. Big old part. zombie gators. That's like from Resident Evil Two. I think my issues. And I don't remember it bringing this back up when we did the Resident Evil Halloween episode. But I think my biggest issue with the campaign is not in the gameplay department. It's the way some puzzle rooms were set up. And I even I, I played this with a co-op partner as well. Um, some of the puzzles didn't... Look, I'm not a huge puzzle in my third-person shooter type games. But some of the ones in 5 were a little obtuse for me. And I was just like, yeah. Uh, they were fine. Yeah. I don't think we had a problem. I think we pretty much figured it out. It's not that they out. were They're... hard. It's that they were cumbersome. Uh, it, might, it, might, it might be different. I don't know, because yeah. maybe I played the original Prince of Persia on the SNES version. So yeah. that was a very, that's a very puzzle game. So I'm kind of used to stuff like It's like, like I that. don't mind the puzzles yeah. in 2 and 3. Like I minded the, there was like two areas, I think. Um, one where you, something's like dropping. And then there's another area where you have to like turn gates or like turn statues or something like that. Those are the, and like you get shocked by something. I don't know. It's been a while since I've played it, but otherwise RE5 was, is my favorite of that second trilogy for sure. And by a lot, I, I hope that's going to keep it, keep it short. Sweet. I hope the fifth one gets a remake. And honestly, if you want to say, make it scary, there's an easy way to make it scary. Uh, change the lighting yeah turn it, off the sun change yeah turn off the sun change the time they, there are some night settings and they make it more you know foggy or something like they, they could just do a, a bit tweaks to it that don't need to completely change the whole game they, they don't have to really change the gameplay nor the story they just have to add shading color time difference night and day uh Upgrade, upgrade the uh, the enemies, like make them more scary or anything like that. And yeah. honestly, it's not any different from four. When they remake four, I really hope they keep the part where Leon is having a codec call, like in Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> and Salazar comes oh, in and interrupts the line, and he goes, "I've I've taken control of the line." <laughs> I love it. Uh, so Resident Evil Five, I would say. Play it honestly, it's really fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, a tip if you uh, are playing Resident Evil 5, uh, don't try to switch weapons. Like, don't think that you need to get the new pistol on the shop because, oh man, the new pistol's in the shop. I need, don't just stick to one weapon and always upgrade it throughout the entire game because, trust me, you're not going to have enough points to upgrade your new weapon. And your old weapon that you haven't always upgraded through would be just the same as any of the new weapons you put in the shop. And also, if you're ever running low on ammo, just purchase a, a ammo capacity upgrade, and it'll just uh, reload the whole ammo on that on that weapon. Yeah, it's it's interesting because the the new gun situation in Village is a little different because when the new guns pop up, they are very very strong, and you you actually want to buy the new ones at that point because the old ones can't level up past a certain um, point. But before we get into that, you also finished RE Seven. I don't know where yes. you were at the last time we talked about it, but any any wrap up thoughts you've got on that one before we talk about Village for a little bit? Um, RE Seven is a very difficult game. Mm. It's the true survival uh, horror of the Resident Evil. <laughs> there's no easy. It's only I think. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know if there's an easy mode, but I I know even on normal difficulty, I struggled. Yeah. To the point at the end battle like the the real like one of the end battle bosses i don't know who hasn't played it yet at this point or how you haven't been spoiled but if you haven't spoiled i won't spoil it for you but even towards that end part i'm just like am i gonna have to reset this entire game and just do it completely different i was really thinking that like i'm gonna have to just reset this entire game uh i didn't good thing i eventually did beat that boss because i'm letting you know hairs were gonna start being pulled out of my head because i was (laughs) being real you know, at the end, at one part, I'm just like, this is this is starting to get to me. Was it the actual final boss, or was there like the one before it? No, 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 no. no. I don't want to the one before it. Ah, okay. Yeah, not 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 the actual final. Because I Cause heard that the final easy. one was like pretty easy. It's super easy. You yeah. don't do much. It's super easy. But the like, I guess the real final. I would say that's the real final boss. It was pretty difficult at the very end. But it was really interesting. Um, I don't, I really like. 
that this one was different compared to the rest of the Resident Evil because it needed to be different. Obviously, all the Resident Evils were all third person. Even one of them was a rail shooter on like the PS1. They had a rail shooter on the Wii. Two of them actually: Umbrella Chronicles and Dark Side Chronicles. So there's three. So yes, this was the first first person Resident Evil, and obviously it, it has the trend of it was just the time amnesia outlast all that they're all first person horror games is just mm. one of those trends but i think it needed just kind of refresh the franchise and get people talking about it so then they can put out all these great remakes it definitely but, did its job because it kick-started this whole resident evil craze that i think we're all going through yeah um so resident evil 7 is difficult uh, but i do like the characters like, i think the characters are honestly the, the whole family is just funny you you do have a very good like a well characterized villain a well defined villain that's a thorn in your side through most of the game as far as I can tell I've not played the game but Jack Baker oh he's funny um enemies are are very difficult sometimes I say very watch out how much ammo you use because your shotgun is gonna be the best weapon mm. but man I just run honestly, past the enemies <laughs> run passes if you can run past them do them do it. But that shotgun is going to be a lifesaver because that it does so much damage at such a close range. And you're going to be up and close because it's very uh, close quarters in some cases. So you're going to be very up close to some of these enemies. Yeah. Um, my only request from this game. Recently, I watched the new uh, Spyro movie. I watched it. Uh, quite enjoyed it. Uh, really won't talk about what type of movie it is. This is a, a game podcast, not a movie podcast. But... Um, Resident Evil 7, whoever did the... What's the son's name? I don't know who the son's name is. I forget what... It's not, it's not Jack, is it? No. No, Jack is the, the main villain. The main villain. See, whoever, whoever, or basically his son. Whoever did that portion of the games at Capcom, um, make a whole game literally based on Spiral with that mechanic in mind. Because mm. I play that portion of the game, I said, this is literally the, the Saw franchise in a game. <laughs> this is a good oh, yeah, version of that, that franchise in a game. I said, whoever did this, they can make a whole franchise based on that series of movies or whatever they want to do. And I'm like, this, they could do it with this. I really want to play 8. Because I know you played 8 before 7, and I know you think about playing 7 sometimes, but honestly, you should have played 7 before 8. I, I, I think this is one of those situations, like I was talking about, where I need to play something that comes after to have more interest in what comes before it. Like, but I'm know? telling you, dude, I feel like 8 has is more polished, and then when you try it's to go back to 7, you're going to be like, mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah, you're going to be like, this is, I should have played this first. And then you play this, like, oh, it was all right, whatever, okay. Then you play 8, and you're going to be like, oh, this is much better than it, what 7 it's was. It's funny, though, because I've not had slow. any interest in 7 until after I finished 8. Like, I've not wanted to even touch it, even though they gave it to us for free. I'm like, eh. But 8, should we talk about 8 a little bit? Spoiler yeah, we free. Talk about, but yeah, my my final of seven is that it, it's good at the time, but eight was is gonna be a much better game than I thought it was gonna be, and it does seem like it is a much better game than it was. Mm-hmm. So, Village, Resident Evil Eight, we are finally here. We have talked about this for a long time on the podcast, um, ever since the reveal trailer. Um, this will not have any spoilers. We'll get to spoilers when we've both played it because we are. You're going to play it at some point, so I'm not going to get into any spoilers. Uh, so, plot-wise, plot it's a pretty good plot. I will say that the story is pretty good. The characters are memorable. This is a Resident Evil in the vein of Seven, where your bad guys are not... They're verbal. Your villains are talking to you. This is a theme between Seven and Eight that I do appreciate. Like I appreciate a good villain speech in the Persona games or any other RPGs. You get a good villain speech in Resident Evil. It turns into like a comic book supervillain story. And I'm here for that. That's one of my favorite things. When you have like a James Bond villain as your Resident Evil villain. That's really cool to me. So (laughs) that's all I'll touch upon in the story. Gameplay wise, it's very fast paced. It's very frenetic. It's not slow and plotting like parts of say resident evil 4 were um it's more like a first person version of 2-3 remake and i think i told you this but my issue with this game is that every area does have its ups and downs 
I can say something really positive about every area, and I can say something really negative about area too. Um, so I'm gonna get the bad out of the way first. The map is not as great as uh, 2 and 3 Remake. It, it doesn't even compare. That's, I think, my biggest disappointment. So with that out of the way, it's, you know, it's a first-person shooter. The enemies come at you. The beginning of the game starts in a kind of, like, similar way to 4 where you are defending yourself. You're not really in a situation you can win. But, and this isn't a spoiler, to see one of the Lycan enemies come riding in on a horse... That's when I knew I was in for a treat with this game. <laughs> <laughs> so Ethan Winters is dragged through all manner of nonsense in this game. Um, I think the most familiar one to everybody based on the demos and the trailers is going to be the castle. I won't tell you when the castle shows up. It may surprise you. And fighting against Dimitrescu and her daughters. So this is a really big set piece almost. The castle is very characterized as a location. Um, it's very beautiful. The, the game itself has some of the best graphics uh, I've ever seen, but there's something weird with that, and I'll get to that. Um, so the castle itself is like, it's like the, uh, the RPD station in Resident Evil 2. It is a maze. You can go through certain doors, some doors you have to come back to with an item. It's, it's your typical Resident Evil gameplay uh, with the first-person feel, but it doesn't feel as claustrophobic, say, as Resident Evil 7, um, being that it all takes place in the house, right? Yeah. So th this one's got the village, it's got the castle, and without telling you what the other locations are, it's got a lot more locations, and I think some of them are, especially one towards the end, was one of the most, you know, teeth-clenchingly crazy moments I've, I've played in a game that that's like this, so they're really good environments it's not like your sewers or your lab or anything like that no I, th I think they really went hard on making these locations feel new and fresh um so there's that item management pretty good it's kind of like a attache case almost where you have to sometimes you might have to like turn your items or whatever I like the addition of the Duke as the shopkeeper because he's actually pretty important to the plot. I like that. It's not like a random shopkeeper that comes around like an RE4. No, this this guy has some, some relevance to him. Um, he'll be in some cutscenes and everything, so that's cool. Um, I remember talking about something that always bugs me about RE8 from the demos. I think I figured out what it is. The game has really good graphics, and it moves at 60 frames, very smooth. But when you stop and look at it, there's just something that has like an uncanny valley, like plasticky look to it. It's just yeah, a weird is... thing that I noticed. Do you notice that in the demos? I don't think this is what I noticed, but I always wanted to know why you just had a certain feeling. I always thought it was the first person. Like, well, he didn't like was appeal to Seven's first person. But then you got you came around to it. But there's just something like shiny about everything. And I can't tell if that's what bugs me about it. But I feel like I'm getting close. Everything has like a really shiny quality to it. As if it was like a plastic thing that looked really real. I just think that's weird. That aside. The village is full of secrets. Hidden treasures. Um, bonus rooms. Um, locks that you have to unlock by finding the codes to it. Um, every time you go through the village, you'll have a new item that can unlock something else. On my first playthrough, I even missed an item that allows you to get things out of the wells in the village that I found on my second playthrough, which I'm currently going through. Um, and hey, after you beat the game, you get a brand new mercenaries mode. Um, we'll, we'll talk more about that later because I've, I've only gotten the first two stages. It's different. It's, it's, it's got some issues, I think, um, compared to Resident Evil 6 mercenaries, so it's hard to say if it's better yet, but... Overall, I gotta say, for being very skeptical about this game, I quite enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed Resident Evil Village, and we were definitely going to do a spoiler show on it at, at some point, I think. At some point. Very good. I highly recommend to, to the listeners of the podcast, especially if you like your villains making grand speeches and, and talking to being actual characters and not like Nemesis who runs around with a rocket launcher or Mr. <laughs> X who stomps around. Mr. X. Um, cool villains and everything but do they make a grand speech about why do we care for bread and circuses when <laughs> another character wants to be the one to like put ethan through a mess it's like 
imagine that or oh yeah my favorite mr x line is oh i like that one that's a good line that's a good that's that's a good line i don't know how they got do you know what my favorite nemesis line is which one is it stars of course the classic line stars (laughs) right i think uh, i think there's a difference between having scary non talkative characters like mr x and nemesis are frightening characters but not every not everyone has to be a jason yeah you know jason's just a a hockey mask guy just whatever and all that but you know they they could be like like pennywise or something like wisecracking they're or like joker they're wisecracking clowns yeah if resident evil 7 was your suspenseful like really suspenseful jump scare resident evil then resident evil 8 is your stephen king's it or your nightmare yeah. on elm street it's the one with the villains who are going to be their own characters they're going to be very personable you're going to enjoy the dynamic of going up against these characters and let me just say the second area is very pt-esque and there's mm. no combat but it is one of the coolest parts of the game. Now, on replay, a little annoying. But the first time you go through it, very, very satisfying portion of the game. So there's a lot to like about Village. And, yeah, with that, I'm, I'm going to say uh, we'll talk about it some more in the coming weeks. Eventually, we'll, we'll do some uh, plot spoilers. But, as, as usual, yeah. we'll, we'll mention before we do it. Anyway, would you say we did an episode? I think that should qualify as an episode, yeah. Yep, pretty pretty good episode. All right, guys, as usual, we want to thank you all for listening. Um, every listener makes us feel real good. Uh, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. You can also check us out on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. And please follow our Twitter at Markers on the Map. I plan on posting more. I've been trying to post more, but um, interact with us on Twitter. I should reply to everybody who comments that'd be cool and then i guess there's there's not much left to say besides well you know what i'm gonna say i'm gonna say sega please re-release sonic 3 and knuckles with the original ice cap zone music sega and that the real soul caliber 2 featuring heihachi from tekken was the friends we made along the way so we'll see you next time bye later Thank <laughs> you.